Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. If you've ever tried to make an appointment with a dermatologist, you know it'll be some time before you get to see one. And that time frame will increase dramatically if you live in a rural or remote area, which begs the question, with the high prevalence of skin cancer in Australia, why don't we have more dermatologists? Dr Michelle McRae was among the first cohort of medical students from the University of Sydney to spend 12 months at the School of Rural Health in Orange. Turn the clock to 2020 and Michelle is now practising in Orange as a dermatologist, covering an area in western New South Wales of more than 350,000 people. Michelle understands very clearly the role of a regional and rural-based dermatologist. She's the New South Wales representative on the Rural and Remote Services Committee at the Australian College of Dermatologists. She's a New South Wales representative involved in the selection process for dermatology trainees. And Michelle was also the biennial Rural Dermatology Meeting Convener in Orange last year. Now that's serious involvement in skin. But Michelle McRae tells Heather Dawson her road to rural dermatology took a few different career steps. I did a degree in chemical engineering because I wanted to be an engineer. And then there were no jobs in the western New South Wales area at the time and I didn't want to stay in Sydney forever. And my father-in-law's a GP in Orange and I thought, well, that's a good job to aim for. So in my final year of engineering, I applied for medicine and got into postgraduate medicine at Sydney Uni and then spent the second half of my degree as a medical student in Orange. And I was planning to be a GP all the way along and go in with my father-in-law. And then when I was a junior doctor in Orange, at Orange Base Hospital, I had realised I had an interest in skin and I quite like surgery, but also like medical or medicine or physician work. And I didn't initially want to apply for any special training because I didn't want to move my children back to Sydney. But I realised while I was on maternity leave with my second child in between internship and residency that... If I didn't apply for dermatology, I'd regret it. And so I applied. And got in. And got in. The reason I just had spent a little bit, like two or three visits with a dermatologist in Orange and realised that I quite like skin work and was looking to do more skin cancer work as a GP but thought actually there's dermatologists needed rurally and maybe dermatology would be a good way. It's also a very academic type of uh, specialty and I thought that is a good focus of uh, study. Were you put off by the perceived notion that it's one of the most difficult specialty colleges to get into? Actually, I wasn't at all. I remember one of my senior colleagues in emergency saying to me, you know you need a PhD to get into that and aren't you worried that you're not going to get in? And I thought, well, if I don't apply, I'll never know if I can get in or not. And I thought, well, if I tick all the boxes, 
and get an interview, once I'm in the interview, I'll be fine. So I just researched what I needed to do to meet all the criteria on the application, have some research, which I already had through my honours in my previous degrees, which were significant research pieces. And then I undertook a graduate certificate in biostatistics while I was waiting to get in because there was a tick the box of needing to have some postgraduate study and I got an interview. So I thought, well, the first step's getting an interview. And initially I actually missed out on a position because the year I applied, there were only two jobs for New South Wales available because it depends on how many people graduate that year. And then what happens as I've since realised, and because I'm now involved in selection, is that often positions become available for various reasons, whether that's maternity leave or funding. And so another one and a half positions became available and I was offered the half position or the part-time position. And so I accepted that and got in. You obviously planned carefully and you did all the tick the boxing, but what else do you think helped in preparing to apply to the College of Dermatology? Well, I guess I'm quite an organised person. So I had made sure that even though I didn't have all the typical research background that other applicants had had in Sydney, I did attend a clinic every month on my rostered day off. At that time, we had a public dermatology clinic in Orange once a month. So I'd negotiated with the hospital that I had my RDO on that Monday so that I could attend the clinic. So that showed interest and ability to, one, negotiate, but also show that I was willing to use any leave or time to further experience and exposure. I also had contact with some registrars training in dermatology that would come out for that clinic and talk to them about what was involved and what was needed. And I was also fortunate enough to have someone who I went through training with as a medical student and as a junior doctor actually apply the year before me because I was on maternity leave for a year she applied the year before me and got into the program. And so I actually asked her if she'd mind letting me have a look at her application, just so I had an idea of exactly what was entailed, because you don't really know what you need until you go to apply. So I knew that I needed to have that postgraduate uh background of having the biostatistics or a certificate of something to tick the box and also about putting together the information about the research papers and things like that. So I was prepared in terms of investigating what was required and if I hadn't have gotten in I actually was about to start GP training and as part of that had already set up to do a research project on a dermatology topic. So I had a backup plan as well that had interest in dermatology. So it showed that I was prepared to obtain further skills in that area. I guess they're the main things, just being organised and making sure that all the areas that need to be covered were. And as a result, I've helped other people 
and they've all gotten onto the program actually, but I've done the same. You know, I've offered them help with their applications and suggested ways in which to improve aspects, I guess, of their CV if they needed it or reviewing papers and things like that. What types of personal qualities do you think are needed to be a dermatologist? And do you ever get sick of skin? Uh, No, I never get sick of skin, actually. (laughs) You either love or hate skin and you can't be a dermatologist (laughs) if you don't like skin. So I always warn the junior doctors that unless you can touch horrible feet, don't think about being a dermatologist. So, no, you don't get sick of skin. I actually have an interest in genital dermatology, but that's another story. So there's all sorts of specialty areas in dermatology that are possible. I think personal quality-wise, as I mentioned before, when I was looking at the program and thinking about if I would stay with GP or look at another program like physician's training or dermatology, when I looked at the curriculum of training, It is a little bit nerdy in that it's a very broad and a very academic specialty. There is a lot of immunology, lots of other specialties that we cross over with. There's lots of histopathology. So I had to teach myself a lot of immunology and histopathology and attend a lot of tutorials for those things to really upskill because when I got in I was a resident and I had been a postgraduate med student so those areas I don't think were as strongly taught because the degree I was in at that time was very much case-based learning as opposed to subjects as such so I did have to do but I chose it because I saw it as very academic and I do enjoy learning and studying and challenge. The other thing I think is you need to have a very good visual memory and you have to have very good pattern recognition because it is a very, very much instant diagnosis or spot diagnosis, we call it, compared to a lot of other specialties. Now, you're in orange, of course, but from your experience, what type of differences or similarities do you see in metro areas versus rurally based patients? And do you practice differently in Orange as opposed to, for example, Sydney? I think so. I haven't worked privately in Sydney, so all my training nearly was in Sydney, but it was all in public hospital systems, whereas in Orange it's all been mostly private work, although there have been public clinics and I used to run a clinic at the Aboriginal Medical Service. I generally find, and as a junior doctor here too, I find the patients are different. They leave things longer. They're much more stoic. They are used to not having accessibility to things. So in general, a lot of them are a lot less demanding in terms of not necessarily their care or anything, but their expectations of access to things. They understand that we can't necessarily immediately access a certain surgeon or a PET scan or they have to travel to Sydney to get things. Whereas in Sydney, patient comes to the hospital and everything's there available and it's assumed that you'll just organise those treatments. So there's a lot of logistical flexibility, I think, in terms of demand of patients. And it's They still want the best possible care, but I think they're just more understanding that logistically 
things are more difficult and so often you're having a discussion about different treatment options based on those aspects and also cost and often logistics because some patients are unable to travel long distances or they need transport or there's always other reasons why you might need to discuss different treatment options compared to being able to access anything and everything in Sydney. I do find it really rewarding because often patients don't realise rurally that there are treatment options for things either. They're used to not having accessibility to health options and often they've been told, oh no, we can't treat that. They just assume that they're going to live with a condition forever. And so I've had patients say with psoriasis, for which we have very good treatments, they've said, oh, I've had it for 20 years and didn't think anything could be done for it. And so it is nice to be able to offer something that can be quite debilitating, but actually quite easy to treat. I do enjoy practicing rurally. I mean, I'm a rural person myself, though. So growing up in a small town west of Dubbo and growing up with those limited access options, I guess that's just normal for me to understand that perspective. Now, the last few months, we've seen devastating bushfires, the never-ending drought and then flash flooding. Do you think changes in our environment and climate is affecting the type of diseases that you see in patients? Yes, but I don't know if it's so much environment or climate. I mean, from a skin cancer point of view, I see a lot of patients who had a lot of sun exposure between the 50s and 80s because of changes in clothing and rurally working outdoors and the way they were sun exposed and they didn't wear hats and they baked with coconut oil and things like that or they were made to go out in the sun because it was good for them. And so, you know, Australia is one of those climates. We see the highest rate of skin cancer anywhere in the world and as a result, dermatologists in Australia considered amongst the best in the world because we see everything and we see such a heavy burden of skin cancer that when dermatologists come to Australia, they don't have that exposure. They actually, most countries need to do an extra year or two of training in Australia because they just don't have the experience in skin cancer exposure. So that's not particularly a change to our environmental climate. I think from a dermatology point of view, we see more allergy and things due to our exposures to products which so industrialization over the last 50 years has changed exposures to cosmetics and creams and things like that and processed food and I think that's probably had more an impact in terms of dermatology in producing reactions and medications so drug reactions we now have so many medications that are used for cancer and things that we get skin diseases as a result of that. So I think less about our direct environment, but more from our exposure to industrialisation of our environment. Is it frustrating to you that there is a lack of dermatologists working in rural areas? And are there any answers to that? It is frustrating. I'm actually involved in the College of Dermatology, one as the New South Wales Rural Representative on the Regional and Remote Committee. And I organised the biannual rural dermatology meeting last year that was held in Orange. I'm also involved in the selection. So last year I was involved in helping the interview component of uh, the registrars. 
And we've had a trainee in New South Wales on a rural, like a rural trainee selected for the last few years. And most of those are from rural backgrounds. The problem, I guess, is that there's a couple of issues. One is that people often get turned off from applying for dermatology because they think it's too hard to get into. Another reason is if you're a junior doctor, and I think that's who we should be aiming to ignite a passion in, they often aren't exposed to dermatology in a rural setting and so they can't get that experience and exposure on their form to boost their application when they're applying. So I'm working with the college in a way of with the selection process Up till now, it's been quite heavily focused on PhDs and things like that and trying to move more towards having other experiences that aren't necessarily specific for dermatology but that are broad and are able to be translatable because we're excluding rural applicants because they just don't or can't get that experience. And so what that means is that people get set up or are not rural at all, or they've come out and done junior training and then gone back to Sydney because it's easier. And so it is frustrating to get people to come out. So unless they really experience rural medicine in general as a junior doctor, it is hard to get people to leave Sydney or a metropolitan area. So that even Newcastle and Wollongong have trouble and Canberra have trouble getting people in dermatology to leave the city. So that's what I get most frustrated about is that people don't consider the idea of practising rurally. So to attract medical students, junior doctors to consider dermatology and to practise rurally as a career choice, what are the answers? I think focusing on those that are already coming out rurally as medical students and junior doctors because they've already opened their eyes and ears to the exposure of being in a rural practice and the vast majority of them enjoy and love working out here and the people that they work with and the patients. I think it's just being prepared to try and get some exposure and that's the other thing is as a college we're looking at how do we help those rural junior doctors get exposures to areas of dermatology so that they can get an experience and want to then apply for training. Dermatologist Dr Michelle McRae from Orange, New South Wales. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.